Hello, and welcome to the Christ Table Podcast, a Bible study for those who struggle with digging into the Bible, but who want to develop a richer faith, one with some meat on its bones. I'm Kevin Young, a media guy turned minister who's passionate about helping others thrive, especially spiritually. If you're unaware, Christ Table is a movement of people returning the church to her roots, in homes, around tables, over food with old friends and fresh conversations. Check us out over at www.christtable.today. In the meantime, our study continues on the topic of brave conversations. We'll be focusing on racism today as we look deeper into Numbers chapter 12. Let's dig in. When we come to the topic of racism, one of the things that we recognize is that uh, unlike a lot of other cultural topics where the Bible may hint at solutions or ways at which to view those topics, when we really come to the topic of racism and prejudice and diversity, the Bible has a lot to say on that topic from the very beginning in Genesis all the way to the very end in Revelation. That's a topic of conversation. When we come to Numbers chapter 12, what we find is a very interesting family problem in Moses' family. Now, Moses, the great Moses, let my people go. You may know or may not that Moses had a brother named Aaron, who was a great high priest. Moses was the prophet. Moses was the religious leader of the people. Uh, but Aaron was really more of the pastor, the priest of the people. But there also was a third member of that brotherhood, a sister, Miriam. Miriam, a very important figure in scripture. In fact, if you pay attention, it almost as if Miriam is the real leader of the people. Miriam is the one, Moses' sister, who actually is at the front of the line of leading the slaves out of Egypt after the 10 plagues when Pharaoh allows them to go. And so, though Miriam is not a name that we talk about very much in regards to Moses and to the people of Israel in the Exodus, Miriam, it may well be said, was a more important figure and more important leader even than maybe Moses or Aaron in a lot of ways. Keep that in mind when we come to Numbers chapter 12, verse 1. While they were there at Hezeroth, Miriam, Moses' sister, and Aaron, Moses' brother, criticized Moses because he had married a Cushite woman. They said, has the Lord spoken only through Moses? Hasn't he spoken through us too? But the Lord heard them. So a little bit of background here. Cushite is essentially a term that is used for people who are from Cush. And Cush is essentially from the area of Ethiopia or Africa. And so Moses here has a wife of African descent, which means that she is ethnically different, both internally as well as, I guess, externally. Uh, you can see the skin difference between Moses's wife. She is black, a person of color, and uh, obviously the Israelites would have been brown. I don't necessarily like using 
colors as labels to identify people, but there was a difference here. And apparently there is something that goes deeper, maybe than just the color of skin, but perhaps it seems as though the fact that she is Cushite is a problem here. Now we know from the text that Moses actually married Zipporah, and there's a whole story about Moses and his wife. And so they're really kind of two paths, and we're not really sure which one is which here. This is either uh, a second wife for Moses in that his first wife passed or he took on a second wife, or uh, there is some Cush blood in Moses's first wife, Zipporah. And so in that case, if that's what's going on here, then this is almost a derogatory term for Moses's wife. Either way, no matter which scenario you go, this is a derogatory term because as they say, has the Lord spoken only through Moses? Hasn't he spoken through us too? They say this, Miriam and Aaron do amongst themselves because Moses had married a Cushite woman. What that has to do with God speaking through Moses is interesting. So because Moses had married a Cushite woman, now we can see that they're questioning whether or not Moses is actually God's person, not because of anything that Moses has said, not because of any of Moses's theology, not because he has erred in some sinful way, other than perhaps the sin in their mind of marrying a Cushite woman. But I love this, but the Lord heard them. God hears. God hears our prejudice. God hears our racism. God sees the things that we think and that we say and that we believe about other people. It's always fully transparent to him. Now, Moses was very humble, more humble than any other person on earth. Now, it's humorous to me because uh, traditionally it's been said that Moses wrote the Torah, the first five books, which would include numbers. And so it's funny to me to think of Moses writing there in parentheses. Now, Moses was very humble and third person, more humble than any other person on earth. I, I don't think Moses wrote uh, the first five books uh, of the Torah, of the Old Testament of the Bible. Uh, this is somebody commentating on Moses. So immediately the Lord called to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam and said, go out to the tabernacle, all three of you. So it almost sounds like a parent. All three of you in my room now. What do you do when you're a kid? You run to your parents' room, but you run knowing that somebody, somebody's in trouble. Somebody has done something wrong and it is about to go down and everyone's holding their breath. Who was it? What was it? What do the parents know? What don't they know? How do we get out of this? So the three of them, and you can see them, you know, kind of walking to the temple with their tails tucked between their legs. Verse five, the Lord descended in the pillar of cloud and stood at the entrance of the tabernacle. Aaron and Miriam, he called, and they stepped forward. Can you feel the tension in the room, in the place, in this moment? And the Lord said to them, listen, listen to what I say. If there were prophets among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself in visions. I would speak to them in dreams, but not without my servant Moses. 
of all my house, Moses is the one that I trust. Moses didn't hear what they said. God heard what they said. Moses doesn't come to Moses' own defense because he was the most humble person. He probably would not have come to his own defense. So what happens? God steps in and comes to Moses' defense. I speak to Moses, verse 8, face to face, clearly, not in riddles. He sees the Lord as he is. So why were you not afraid to criticize my servant Moses? That question. Miriam, Aaron, you know, you know that Moses is my guy. You know that he's my person. You know that Moses is my ride or die. We are in this together. Why did you think it would be okay to criticize him? Now, criticizing whether or not he heard from God? Maybe. I don't think it would elicit this response. But criticizing that he was hearing from God because he married a Cushite woman, a woman of a different race, of a different ethnicity, that's the deal. That's the problem. It wasn't just the question, but it was the motivation as to why they raised the question of whether or not Moses was a true prophet because it was motivated by their own prejudice and their own racism. God does not approve of this kind of thing. We could go to many passages, and we have this week, that show that over and over again. In fact, the text goes on to tell us clearly the Lord was very angry with them, and then he just leaves, which I love. He just leaves. I'm so angry with you, I can't even talk. I'm just, and walks out. And as the cloud moved, again, the cloud was God, his spirit, his presence. As the cloud moved from above the tabernacle, there stood Miriam, her skin as white as snow from leprosy. When Aaron saw what had happened to her, he cried out to Moses, Oh, my master, please don't punish us for this sin that we have so foolishly committed. Was the sin questioning Moses' authority and his ability to hear God's voice for as a prophet, or was was the sin that they'd so foolishly committed the fact that they um, they started from a place where it began with Moses's wife that it was racism? Well, I think yes and yes, but which came first, the chicken or the egg? Here. Here it was the racism. Here it was the prejudice. So the problem, though, I think, is that it wasn't the skin color that was the problem here. It wasn't just that she was of a different race. That might have been their problem. But the real root of the problem was fear and jealousy. They were fearful, I think, that Moses' wife was going to take their place. I think Mo- Miriam was extremely fearful that she would be knocked out of her role as queen bee in the people of Israel because of Moses' Cushite wife. Well, if it were another Israelite, you know, somebody else who was born and bred in the same way that Miriam was, who was becoming Moses' wife and was pushing her out, well, that would still be bad, but add insult to injury, and that person isn't even one of us. 
and they're going to knock me off of my throne? Fear and jealousy. Fear and jealousy. And I would submit that this is the same thing that drives racial prejudice today. Fear and jealousy. But it's made about other things. We see that all of the time. We see that all the time in churches, in conversations, in communities. We see that in our politics and our politicians and our laws, in the way we treat day laborers and immigrants and refugees. The thing that we make it about is never the thing. It's always, well, it's about the economics of the situation, taking jobs. Or we make it about, well, it's about safety and security. These people are dangerous when they cross our borders. So we make it about the legality. They are illegal immigrants. I, we're all illegal immigrants, right? At some point or other, we all have, became legal. And are there those opportunities today? Well, I don't know. There were for us. Hopefully, there still are for other people. But we make it about other things when the thing that it's really about is about fear and jealousy, right? Am I wrong? It's not that security isn't important. It's not that economics isn't important. It's not that jobs aren't important. It's not that politicians who make laws that we like or agree with. It's not that all of those things are unimportant, but the root cause, the root issue that we have isn't really the color of their skin. It isn't really their nationality. It isn't really their legal status. It isn't really where they were born or where they came from. All too often, it's just like it was with Miriam and with Aaron, and that the root problem is fear and jealousy. But we say it's about, is Moses really a prophet? Does he really hear from God? Because if Moses was a prophet and really heard from God, he, he wouldn't have married this woman. If this pastor, if this pastor were truly, were truly a godly individual, truly a godly woman or truly a godly man, if this pastor were truly that, they would have gotten the vaccine. They wouldn't have supported Black Lives Matter. They would not have allowed themselves to preach a sermon that talked about refugees, about giving your tired, your poor, your huddled masses. See, see what happens so often? And these are all real issues. I get that. And we can be on opposite sides of these issues and still be people of faith. But we need to dig deeply and make sure that our stand on these issues isn't based in fear or jealousy, because for Miriam and Aaron, it was. And whether it was transparent to them or not, I don't know, but it was transparent to God because God heard them and God hears you and I as well. And as we wrap up this week on racism, we need to do some gut checking and make sure that our perspective our stand, the things that we say and think and believe, our values, our voting practices, our activities, the things that we support with our time, with our energy, with our talent, aren't racist or prejudiced and just being avoided that they are, like Miriam and Aaron, because deeply there's fear of loss or of change or jealousy that somebody else might receive something that we want or that we feel like we deserve. In the kingdom of God, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. But if you've been in first for a long time, there'll be a lot of fear and jealousy in the thought of being last. 
Don't let that be us. Don't let that be you. Let's write a different story. You can do it. So can I. This Bible study on Brave Conversations is brought to you by Christ Table. If you'd like to join us in the study, there's an easy-to-follow guide in the show notes, and we'd love to have you join us. You know, 65 million adults in the United States have dropped out of church, and that number will grow by 2.7 million before the end of this year. We here at Christ Table are committed to doing something about that. We're committed to creating a world where the table is once again the center of the home, the center of family life, and especially the center of faith formation again. Our mission? To help people eat freely and drink deeply of life and of faith. Find out more about us by going to www.christtable.today. And when you get over to christtable.today, be sure to sign up for our email list there. And for those who choose to donate, I've got a resource box that I want to send you in the mail as my thanks. And trust me, you're going to like it. By the way, the podcast is available because of the generous donation of our listeners and the incredible community of people who call Christ Table their spiritual home. Join us on our next episode as we begin a conversation on sexual identity. And if you'd like to watch these Bible studies live, there's more information on our website about that as well. Thanks so much for listening. We wouldn't be here without you. Until next time, I'm Pastor Kevin Young, and this is the Christ Table Podcast.